Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. One of the challenges of traveling is managing your money. If you're tired of getting crushed by bank fees and exchange rates, you need to check out wise.com. I have been a customer for over 10 years. This is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. It's been essential for me first as a traveler, then later as a digital nomad and an expat living abroad, running a business from around the world. You get one account, which allows you to send, spend, and convert money internationally, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. You can join 16 million customers, learn how the Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to Wise for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. I used to live in Korea. It's so funny that everywhere you go, people go, Oh, you look like a Tom Cruise. And I'm like, no, I don't. But that's funny. First of all, I'm probably taller than Tom Cruise. And then you just also told my friend that's taller than me that he looks like Tom Cruise. Or you look like Elvis. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. Today, top 10 reasons why I love living abroad. And what I did for this list is one of those listicle type episodes, which is always a good time to record. And I think fun to listen to because you get to hear the countdown. What's going to be the number one? We don't know. But uh, my buddy Boutique came over to hang out and he is an American who's been living in Norway for quite some time and living abroad in different places. And I thought, well, this would be really cool to bring him in and get a couple different perspectives on what it is like to live abroad and what we love about it. And there were some things that I learned personally that surprised me about being in a place and living there as opposed to traveling through it, uh, learning about the place and myself. And uh, a lot of things come up in this conversation around that and uh, some different perspectives that he brings to the table that I hadn't thought of. It's just a very diverse conversation um, that touches on a lot of different things related to spending extended time abroad. So if you've spent extended time abroad or maybe lived abroad, I'm sure you're going to resonate with some of this stuff, maybe get some new perspectives there. Or if you haven't, maybe some things to consider. So plenty of delicious travel fodder for your ears today, for all ears today. Enjoy our chat. And don't forget, if you ever want to get in touch, jason at zero to travel.com is my email. If you got topic suggestions or any shows you want me to do, guests you want me to have on, just say hi. That's another thing you can do. Just shoot me an email. On the other side, I'm going to give a couple shout outs to people in the Zero to Travel listening community. The Caravan here, thanks again for being a part of it. Now enjoy 
the meat of the show here. Top 10 reasons why we love living abroad, and I will see you on the other side, my friend. What's crackalackin', everybody? I'm sitting here in my living room in Hasla, Norway, where I live, uh, outside of Oslo. Or it's in Oslo, I guess, which does not mean ugly. We just found <laughs> out because I'm sitting here with my buddy. Uh, first name Boutique, last name Quest. We're That's using right. we're using his alias, right? Why why the mysterious alias? Uh, well, you know, um, <laughs> it's a long, it's a little bit of a story. I mean, if, I guess I can talk about it. Um, so Good, you're not limited to time here. Oh, okay. not, yeah. <laughs> I'm allowed to talk here. Hold your mic closer. This okay. First podcast. First, first time on the podcast. Yeah. Not the first time on the microphone, but first no. time on the podcast. <laughs> 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 and I'm um, just lounging right now. Um, yeah. Boutique. Where did we get this from? So it's, it's a two part story, actually. So, and it's really, it's like a gangster name, right? You know, yeah. I grew up in, I grew up in South Florida and in South Florida, you know, you've got a lot of uh, friends and uh, especially back in the early 2000s, everybody just had a gangster name. You know, we had bands, we had little groups and stuff like that. So, uh, one day, late high school, driving past a mall, you know, good old suburban mall. And I said, hey, I was driving with my ex, my girlfriend at the time, said, hey, check out this new boutique over here and uh <laughs> and somehow this just got into the got yeah. into the system there that yeah. just it just started from there and started that was... from there boutique and then i got my other friends just give a little shout out to, to quap and and t-bird oh and yeah i thought you were gonna say like tj maxx shout out to tj maxx <laughs> and bed bath and beyond what's up <laughs> marshall you guys didn't all name yourselves after shopping mall locations yeah okay <laughs> and then, yeah, somehow this just turned into turned into the the name. You know, so you got you got boutique, you've yeah. got Madonna, you've got Prince. Yeah, you know? yeah, right, right in there with them. So yeah, Bono, Bono, Bono. Yeah, dude, I'm excited to have you here because mm -hmm. uh, well, we met, I guess, a couple months ago, and I gotta say thanks to you here on the podcast because you you're a musician, you started this open mic. Um, and so you helped me con conquer one of my biggest fears, uh, which you can see why now after playing <laughs> twice, uh, getting up in it's front of people fabulous. and playing music, which, uh, the last one, well, we can tell stories about that. The last one was total bomb. I forgot the lyrics like six times in the middle of this song. And then, uh, your wife came up and totally saved me. She held up my crumpled pieces of paper in front of me <laughs> so I could read the lyrics and get through this two minutes I mm -hmm. had on stage, which I could barely, I could barely do. But anyway... Shout out to you for um, having that event and helping me find like some more community here. And I'm glad that that got us connected. And it was a small world because on the podcast before we had uh, Viking biking, right? Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You want to tell, tell us about Viking biking? First of all, just about the open mic. Uh, I think that you did a fabulous job. I'm not just trying to blow some, some smoke up the skirt here, uh -huh. uh, but uh, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's I, I I would much rather see people coming up and giving it a try and like progressing. Like I've already seen you progress, yeah. Like over the past two times you played, and uh, oh, that's man. what that's what open mic's all about. Man. Uh, I, I got I see the, the thing that was most exciting was that when I came home, I'm like, wow, so much room for improvement. 
Well, I have so the sky's the limit. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it's all about. It's about, it, and I mean, because I, I mean, it's like it's like when you go to karaoke. I'm not trying to get off talking about. I know you wanted to skip over to Viking biking and, and avoid the the open mic topic for a second. But <laughs> oh, I was going to circle back to it. <laughs> but but, uh, but I mean, this is what you know why why we created open mic in the first place was because we wanted to give a place for everybody to come and 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 give it a try, whether it's the first time or the hundredth time, whether they're washed up in a region celebrity or, or a first time uh person that's been playing in the room forever <laughs> or know? yeah like the last time the person before me <laughs> who looked like was like an american idol con- contestant but not the bad one <laughs> like the one that comes in and blows away the judges mm-hmm. she was the one that came on but she's like oh i just happened to be in the bar and um you know, I heard this whole mic thing was going on, but I work in IT, so don't judge me. And then she <laughs> proceeds to like completely blow away the room, gets a standing mm-hmm. ovation. You're like, next up, Jason. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. And then the one before that, I had to follow like this world class juggler. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't win. Anyway, um, yeah. no, it was a small world because we met at the first one that I mm-hmm. just came to randomly and. I interviewed Curtis on uh, the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he owns Viking Biking, which is... Uh, My dog. It's like a tour company here where they do bike tours. Mm-hmm. And it was that was crazy because we went to the same high school, That's which is totally crazy. insane. Crazy. Um, and then it turned out, after I met you at the open mic, you said, oh yeah, I'm like, basically, you're like the lead guide over mm-hmm. Viking Biking, and uh, which was... This is as good as it gets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what I like about Oslo. It's like... It's a big enough city where you can get lost, but it's small enough where you can still kind of find these little circles uh, and run into the same people in different ways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's big, but it's got a little bit of a small feel, I feel. Yeah, it's it's. It, I I agree with that idea. It's it's really weird. It's hard to put your finger on it, or it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to really define Oslo. It's like the big city, but a small city. But actually, you have everything that you need in a city. Yeah. It's, it's enough city, but then you also got the nature. It's a nice balance. Yeah, but it's weird because you're right. You can get lost, and and uh, but at the same time, you you just run into the people randomly. Yeah. Like, well, know. we've hung out a few times since the open mic. I mm-hmm. mean, the, I guess the last time we hung out, we did a we would like to call hobo style. <laughs> Right, had some beers in the park. Oh yeah, and um, we were just chatting, and then we came up with this idea. I was like, "Man, you would be the perfect person to record this podcast with," because you've been living abroad for a while, mm-hmm. and um, I wanted to ask you a couple questions about that. But uh, today we're going to be doing our top five things we love about living abroad. We're going to count it. We've actually ranked these, which is always a challenge, from <laughs> number five to number one. So we're going to go back and forth, and we'll count down. From our five to our number one, and that's how the show is going to work. So I'm I'm excited to get to the list and jam on this. This could be um, really interesting because you you have been how long have you been living abroad? Uh, I am moving up on about my tenth anniversary. Okay, right wow, now. a decade out of the U.S., which is yeah. your home country. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, does it seem like it's been a decade? It's 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 like Oslo. It seems it's it's big, but it's small. It's hard to define. You know, what I mean, it, I did not at any by any means expect to be outside this long, but I didn't really have a plan either. So yeah. it's just I don't know. Just ten ten summers, ten winters. 
keep keep on going around. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds like it was a mixture of a lot of cool things. I mean, we'll have to do something else, I think, to get a bit more into your story because uh-huh. it sounds like at one point there was a some kind of rock band that was touring around Korea, and then there was some crazy hitchhiking going on, and uh, there was a lot of stuff. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it feels it feels a lot longer than ten years. Actually, yeah. it's like forty <laughs> years jammed into ten years. <laughs> what countries have you been living in the last ten years? Um. In the past ten years, it all started with uh, Korea. Yeah, that was the uh, got a, got a job in uh, South Korea during the economical crisis of two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just sent me to Korea. That was a good idea. You're like, oh, the economy sucks here. I'm going to Korea. Yeah, well, it was basically <laughs> it was basically I applied for I couldn't get a job. You know, I just graduated from my bachelor's degree and I couldn't even get a job at the freaking Waffle House. So. I was just like, okay, Japan, Thailand, Korea. Here's three applications. Let's see what happens. Did you literally apply for a job at the Waffle House? Yeah, because I, I love that place. Yeah, I, <laughs> job I tried a job at the Waffle House, the Pancake House. I mean, the sad story. All the houses. All the houses. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's that was a crazy time. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, I'm going off tangent now, but just to give you the list, we can go into it deeper later. You know, Korea, and then after that, moved to uh, Germany. And uh, from Germany, it was uh, UK, Norway, back to Germany, back to Norway. Then I moved to Italy, and then I moved back to Norway. (laughs) Norway kept bringing you back. Yeah, I've tried to move away from Norway many times, and it just keeps dragging me back in. And your wife is Lithuanian, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So why Norway? (sighs) Yeah, it's... um, I mean, it's not that, you know, you could be living in one of the much cheaper countries by the beach somewhere. Mm -hmm. Cold winters here, dark, very expensive. Yep. It's a it's a question that I ask myself many times. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, of course, it's like we're going to get into our list. Uh, It's a. it's there's a lot of great reasons to live in Norway, uh, despite the cold winters and despite, you know, all this kind of stuff. I mean, it just kind of happened to end up here. Yeah. You know, being a hobo esque kind of person maybe a modern day hobo this idea of kind of you know hopping from job to job yeah uh, opportunity to opportunity and just kind of landed here and when i first came to norway um i really uh fell in love with the nature okay i I don't want to give away too much before before we get into the list but i really did fall in love with, with with the nature immediately and also just kind of the yeah the nature and like the ability to just kind of get around and get out and that you've the, just the proximity, like yeah, you just uh, specifically in Oslo. Yeah, specifically in Oslo. I mean, you can just like live in a city and. Well, this is something you studied, and that was part. Of, you know, we talked about that when we were hanging out last mm-hmm. time. This yeah. was really sort of intertwined with your work, your academic work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I came here to Norway to uh, do my master's degree in. Uh, Transcultural European Outdoor Studies. Very fancy name. Sounds awesome. It's pretty. Yeah, it was. It was the best thing ever. It was. In a nutshell, explain what that is. Uh, okay, you got to to explain this. You got to kind of go backwards throughout the name. So, Transcultural European Outdoor Studies. So, we're studying the outdoors in Europe transculturally. So, across the different cultures throughout Europe. So it's like a comparative study. So basically, we're, we're learning about the education systems. We're learning about like human nature relations and all the things that go into that. It's very deep. It's like sustainability, city planning, urban planning, uh, like I said, education, uh, the health and wellness, all this kind of stuff. And how it's just you can kind of 
you know, it's for different people. They choose different things to study within this. But uh, yeah. I ended up studying um, Friedrichsleaf, which is actually the great cornerstone of Norwegian culture, I would say, of, you know, getting yeah. outside. Yeah, say the word again and explain what that is. Friedrichsleaf. So Friedrichsleaf, if you haven't heard of this before, it's actually three words. It's a Norwegian word, Friedrichsleaf, three words smashed together into one word. It means free, free in English. Leave, uh, life. Uh, uh, sorry, now free to leave. It means the free air life. The free, free air, air life. life. And what does that mean? That means a lot of things to Norwegian culture. Uh, but it has you know a lot to do with like getting outside, being with the nature, relating with the nature. Um, if you look into more modern interpretations of free loose leave and things like deep ecology, iron and nest, these types of things, you're going to hear a lot about kind of communing with nature, identifying with nature, and therefore, uh, like, learning to care for nature. Yeah. Because, like, as you would care for yourself. You know what I mean? Right. So that's a little bit of what I'm into. Some people, and, and also, the, you know, the tourism side of things and stuff. But um, that's, people People take this free loose leave in a lot of different perspectives. What it looks like in reality, you know, on a daily basis for the average Norwegian person might mean uh, you have a cabin that you go out into the woods uh, on the weekends or during holidays to relax and kind of get back out into the nature to go fishing to, you know, knit and look out the window at a mountain or play your piano or just be in the yeah. nature. During weekends, a lot of people go out skiing in the summer, uh, in the winter time. You know, running, biking in the forest or you know, swimming in the water. It's just about being in the nature. It's not necessarily sports. It's just being. Yeah. In this relationship. It's a beautiful thing. I think yeah. it's like a. It's a real core part of the identity of Norwegians here. And I think, you know, mm -hmm. now that you're talking about it, to me, there's like a kind of relaxed vibe here, you know? Mm. I mean, you come from Florida, so, you know, you go to certain, certain beach towns and you just feel like, oh, you're in a beach town and it's just like relaxed. People are pedaling around and giant mm -hmm. cruiser bikes and their flip-flops and there's just like this relaxed vibe. And I feel like that, even in the city here, that that's a part of uh, Norwegian culture. To me, it feels a bit more relax in that way maybe that's the connection with nature i'm just speculating but uh yeah i, I know part of that yeah anyway. i know exactly what you mean and i think that was part of what initially sucked me into norway too it was this access to nature but also the kind of relaxed vibe that you just immediately kind of feel when you get here uh, when you're walking, I mean, of course, we could go deep into that, and there's a lot of contradictions in that idea, and we could could talk about you know different aspects of Norwegian culture. But in general, yeah. I think on a surface level, it's a place that's designed for people to have that kind of vacation vibe, mm -hmm. but all the time. Yeah, right. I mean, that's very, I, I, that's a very idealistic and like kind of romantic vision, but it does. I there is know, something to it. Yeah. Listen, man, it's always nice to live in a place that people travel to because that's a nice place to go. So if mm -hmm. you're in a place where other people are traveling just to see it, that's never a bad thing, right? Yeah. I mean, this kind of frames up our conversation because, yeah. and we could keep diving deep on <laughs> your um, your story, which I, I think we're going to have to do at some point because I'm sure people, some people listening, their ears perked up when they you told them what you study. It's like, wow, what? To study like nature and culture and different countries around. That's yeah. crazy. What a crazy program. Like there's all these... I don't know. Every time I kind of have these conversations, like when you told me about that, I was like, wow, that's incredible. How do you even find that as a as an academic pursuit? Is a, <laughs> That's a whole it's story. It's a really cool <laughs> thing. Yeah. So um, that's a whole story. But 
for you, you've lived in different countries, a lot of different countries around the world. You just can't kind of mention the list. Uh, for me, most of my expat experience is in Norway. I mean, I've traveled and spent a lot of time abroad, but as far as living abroad, Norway's the the place for me. I'm this. I've lived here for officially almost four years now, and I was coming here for extended periods of time before that, just to kind of give everybody an idea of where these lists are coming from. And also, I think my list might differ a little. We don't know each other's list, by the way. Mm. That's another fun thing. So we're going to kind of go back and forth and riff, see if we have anything matching up here. Uh, I have kids. I have two kids. You don't have any kids. So like that might change some things, not that you know of. (laughs) Right off the bat, before we get into this list, man, I think we should take friends and family off the table and we should just have that discussion really quick because obviously... Um, friends and family is going to be one of the challenges, mm. uh, and you know, I, I guess this would be on the on the challenging things side of yeah. living abroad. So maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that because this doesn't really tie in at all to what we're talking <laughs> about. But this is spoiler a lot, alert. This is spoiler alert. <laughs> we're going to talk about in the next show. Um, but you know, friends and family as a separate category, I think, is something that's challenging. We're getting the challenging in another. Well, no, this is good. I can tease that out because we're going to do another episode. Mm. It's going to be our top five most challenging things living abroad. See, it all works out yeah, in I, the end. I think I think um, uh, probably while we're talking about this, we're going to tease some things yes, anyways. I think so. <laughs> why we were talking a little bit before we started recording. Why do you have a problem with the term expat? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. Expat. Ex patriot this whole idea uh, i think at the root of it i don't necessarily have a problem with the word but i have a problem a lot with like the way that the word is used because what really defines i remember i was looking at the definition but i don't have it in front of me right now like what really defines like an expat and and what what are we using this and and i always wonder a lot why people like from united states or the uk or australia when we go abroad we're considered expats but everybody else when's the last time we ever heard about a somali expats you know or afghani expats it's like when when this term is used a lot in the media it's it's always uh it's a very like polarizing term you're I think. categorizing people yeah I, I mean i understand as um especially as like a business term or a term that's used in like advertising and stuff like that. It's like there's certain expat services like, you know, we're going to help you find a house. Like we're going to help you with your taxes, like expat tax services and these types of things. So I understand it from like a marketing perspective, but I think uh, I don't usually like the term to, I don't usually like to use the term to refer, I, I never use the term to refer to myself as an expat because I feel much more just like an immigrant. Uh, and uh, that'll go. Uh, that that that'll come up a little later in our list of things that we're dealing with. But uh, yeah, that's that's generally it. So I usually just refer to myself yeah. as an immigrant. And it's also really important. I think. Sorry, I'll just like say one more thing. I think it's really important because, especially when you look back at, uh, for example, where we come from in the United States and the way that people talk about immigrants, it has this negative uh, tone to it, negative, like, uh, I want to say connotations to it. Whereas when we talk about expats, it really has this like really positive thing. And I think that both both things are kind of like, should be kind of neutral terms, but the way that we use it in society is like quite polarizing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. cool. And I think um, living abroad is, that's the title of this list. So I think that's that's kind of all encompassing. Yeah. Right. It's like we all living abroad. Right. I mean, there's people from all over the world living here. And I was actually surprised in Oslo specifically 
I mean, I just didn't know much about the city and how um, how many people live here from all over the world uh, and have settled in Norway. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's been such a cultural experience on many different levels and one that was not expected when I came here. I just think, you know, Nor- Norway, you think in Norwegians, but you're meeting people from all over the world. It's a, mm-hmm. a very much a melting pot city. Totally. In many ways. Um, all right, let's get into our list. Top five things we love about living abroad. Again, we don't know what's on each other's lists. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just going to go back and forth from five to one. And I'm going to let you take it, my man. Okay, we're on... Boutique, uh, number five. And I, I would just... I'm just One question about the the, 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 the rules of the game here. So if we <laughs> if we match up on something, then we should just bounce back? Yeah, we'll, we, we, yeah, we'll figure we'll it out see. as we'll we go. We'll figure it out. Okay, okay, you okay. Know. okay. All right, top five. It's really hard to to categorize this list. Top five. So we're talking about. Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go from the top. All right. So number one will be the thing you love the absolute most about oh. living abroad. Ooh, number five God. will be something you love, but you're kind of ranking them. Okay. Am I putting you on the spot now? No, it's okay. My my <laughs> list is very fluid. I'm I'm just gonna go for it. We we we'll, yeah we'll make go it work. for it. So, <laughs> um, top five things that I love. Number five. And this is this is number five because I think that it's a kind of a, a silly one and it's kind of a luxurious one. It's not really that important of one, but um, perfect. And it can have and it can have really two sides to the issue. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this was this was my my wild card. Uh, this is the, the the foreigner card. So uh, ah, and and this is and, interesting. And this is kind of a, this. I'm a, almost a bit. Uh, feel dirty kind of talking about this because it's let it all out man. yeah yeah this I'm, is I'm the place to air your dirty laundry <laughs> because everybody will hear it and then and there's literally dirty laundry airing around my apartment too, yeah as we say this so <laughs> what kind of what kind of uh, detergent to use it smells lovely <laughs> the but foreigner card. the foreigner got and i would say this is uh again this is a, a point of uh, of privilege and this is definitely something that i don't use too often but in general it's just kind of funny okay foreigner card what do we mean by this it's just like I'm a foreigner, so it can it can it can be played in a lot of ways. Um, you know, it's always a being being a foreigner in any country that you're in is always an interesting point of conversation. It's a conversation starter. True. Where are you from? We always got something to talk about. You know what I mean? Um, totally. And that that plays out differently in different countries too. And I think that it's not really something that you use so much to your advantage most of the time and sometimes can definitely pose a large disadvantage. But in but looking for the you know, variety being the spice of life, you get a lot of funny reactions from people sometimes. So on the positive side, you know, for example, it's just like when I used to live in Korea, it's so funny that everywhere you go, people go, oh, you look like a Tom Cruise. And I'm like... <laughs> No, I don't, but that's funny. First of all, I'm probably taller than Tom Cruise. And then you just also told my friend that's taller than me that he looks like Tom Cruise. Or you look like Elvis. <laughs> and like you'll get people just coming up to you on the train saying these funny things. So yeah. it's just a it's just a funny thing. And then you can also use it and not use it, but it also plays out in some other ways. Like once in a while, you can just be a tourist, you know? Yeah. Right. And people just think you're a tourist and you can just... You can blend in as a tourist. Blend in as a tourist. Which is a different experience for yeah. that day. <laughs> yeah, right? for that day, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we went out 
last time they people thought we were tourists. I think yeah. hanging out the bar, they were like, "Ah, oh, they went. What, we don't like these tourists." <laughs> yeah. like, this one guy. We're like, "All right, we're not tourists." But um, no, that's true, man. I hadn't thought about that. It's a great number five. I think you know, living in Norway. I mean, one example of that is Norwegians are very polite, and I've talked about this in the podcast before. Their version of polite is kind of like not bothering each other on the streets. Part of their culture, they don't really want to mm-hmm. kind of have those conversations where us in the US were pretty chatty with, you know, random strangers and whoever, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. So the foreigner card, you get to play the foreigner card sometimes when you're out and about. You can go up and just start talking to a Norwegian. If a Norwegian did that to another Norwegian, mm-hmm. they'd be like, why are you talking to me? Like this is not part of our but when they right. realize that you are not Norwegian, mm-hmm. And everybody likes you know, a friendly person or a smile or whatever. You kind of you can kind of make these I don't want to say screw ups. Mm-hmm. You could just do things outside of the court- cultural norms. Yeah. And you can get away with it and even be almost rewarded for it in some ways. You yeah. know, just re- in, in that example it could be just rewarded by an interaction or a conversation mm-hmm. um, that that maybe a Norwegian wouldn't have done because they won't turn around and talk to the person in line behind you but you will because you're American and then they're going to realize that and then it's okay for yeah. them to do it. Do you know what I mean? Yep, yep. It's uh it's true. And in in that and that's great sometimes too because I mean, you we are foreigners, you know, and yeah. and actually, you know, I don't really want to blend in. You yeah. know what I mean? So I kind of it's not that I want to purposely stand out, but I'm glad that So part of the foreigner the- card is that yeah, you get to be a little special in some Yeah, way. or you get to you know, you, you're just being yourself, but but it, it yeah it can it can work out to be special. I mean, man, I tell you what, it, I sometimes I wish that I would have stayed in Korea a little bit longer because I think at this point you, you would have been, been a like rock a, star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that Tom Cruise! <laughs> it's always in the back of plan. <laughs> yeah, but then of course now, uh, and, and then of course you know if something goes wrong, like you didn't understand the rules, uh, like on the bus, you you get away with it sometimes. Not yeah. always. They've been cracking down more. Right. But, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. You just all of a sudden you're like, oh, I didn't understand. I was supposed to buy a ticket. Yeah. Before. It's, it's it's funny stuff. It's like stuff that you would. I feel like you know you could turn. You could make a whole Adam Sandler movie out of. You know. Uh, For sure. Playing the, the foreigner card. I can see it. The old cheesy <laughs> '90s Adam Sandler movie. Like. But so I mean that's why I say it's kind of a light one. Adam Sandler in foreigner card. Yeah. It, it's not something I like to use a lot, but and I don't and I don't think there's really so many opportunities to use it but it's something that you recognize and that yeah. exists i mean i think all travelers mm-hmm. know, know of this as well you know i mean you might show up in a place you start asking for directions people know you're not from there they take you into their home yeah. all kinds of awesome stuff happens mm-hmm. because you're not from there and when you're living abroad you're always not from there mm-hmm. right so you're kind of always having that foreigner card as mm-hmm. we call it mm-hmm. so that's really interesting, man. I love that. That could be. We could do a deep dive on that and talk about that probably for another hour. We should probably yeah move on. Oh, just one thing I want to say about the yeah. foreigner card though is that because I always got I always got to make sure I check myself. Ah, for is sure. That, of course, I fully recognize that, and I don't want to. I don't like to abuse that. And you got to fully recognize too that the foreigner card works differently depending on where you're from. So of course, for a lot for a yeah. lot of people. The foreigner card is not a good card to have. No, not at all. <laughs> this it's is the sucks. worst card in the deck. It's the worst card in the cases, deck. So yeah. um, that's why I always like to draw attention to uh, that to uh, the, to that to to that. Yeah. Subject. No, I appreciate mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. because I always kind of 
take those things as a given. Like I mm-hmm. feel like people are assuming we're coming at this list from our perspectives. Um, we only have these one perspectives and they're very fortunate, privileged perspectives. <sighs> like um, mm-hmm. I was just talking about this uh, the other day, actually when I was recording for the podcast saying how, you know, I get to be here. I'm living abroad by choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I came here right. because I married a Norwegian we decided to settle down here. Mm-hmm. I might be sitting, there was times in Norwegian class where I'm sitting next to people who, you know, they had to escape their war-torn country. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all these crazy scenarios of why people have to leave their countries. They don't want to leave their homes. Mm-hmm. They don't want to leave their friends and family behind. Exactly. So, um, you know, I think hopefully people listening understand we're coming from that perspective of compassion and empathy. And mm-hmm. we're, uh, we're, we're speaking with our sort of limited experience here mm-hmm. being uh two like privileged white guys who get to be <laughs> yeah. hanging out here living here by choice yeah basically yeah so. exactly so if you're listening to the podcast right now and you're like this guy boutique sounds like a dick wait for it <laughs> 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 i don't know if i can say that <laughs> can you can it say out. whatever you want okay, okay. <laughs> my number five wait thank for you it. for bringing that up that mm-hmm. was important um that's what i'm here for <laughs> food mm. food oh food because interesting we are sitting here eating um, lefser right now. Canel creme. They're mm-hmm. like, uh, I won't tell anybody because there's butter in it. And we're mostly <laughs> vegan. <laughs> oh, wait. I just told everybody. It's, Sorry. Uh, How do you not eat butter? Wait, for, wait for my presidential run in 2035. <laughs> You're going to find this. <laughs> the butter here is so good. Anyway. Um, no, just I think living abroad, you get to dive deep on food. You get different food experiences that, um, you know how it is when you go to visit a country for say a week or two or even a month. Mm -hmm. A big part of travel for me is food and you're always trying to squeeze in as many good meals as you can and try to, you know, try this thing and that thing and all the things that make the country what Mm -hmm. it is, culinarily speaking. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm just making it one. Um, But when you live in a place, you get you get so much more experience on the food side. So Mm. um, even just going up to visit my in-laws and having my mother-in-law who cooks this crazy, awesome, like farm food, meat and potatoes stuff. is just like so delicious and it's local. And if we have Mm -hmm. moose, it's coming from somewhere in the neighborhood, like either a neighbor got that moose and, you know, was sold to like different people that live there. Mm. It's uh, just hyper local and super good. So I think when you live in a place for a period of time, anywhere, really, you get to know, you know this, if you're living in a home, your hometown, you're listening right now, like you know where to go for this sandwich or this, you know, Nepalese meal or this Indian place because you know the best places. So you find the best places, <laughs> but then waffle. you also, you get to get under the skin of the country by understanding more about it through their food because you just have more ex- food experiences with it because you have more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah, on on that note, there's just so much you can learn from the food too. Uh, once you start getting into it, if you stick your, I mean, of course, you you might learn a lot from the food if you're just there for a couple of days. But you know, if you especially if you travel different regions of the countries or if you like live in different regions throughout like a same country, you see real like you know how people are interacting with the food that grows in their local community and then you start to find out things that i I find this really interesting is you start to find out things um like oh they eat the same food in this 
southern part of Germany and the northern part of Austria and the northeastern part of Switzerland. So you start to draw these conclusions that are like actually, you know, things like nations maybe don't matter as much as regions you know what i mean yeah uh like hmm. people are so connected by food food is such an important thing but people in the south of a country might eat totally different food in like the north of a country if you go yeah. to like india you'll see stuff like it's like huge yeah. countries china even huge norway they have different like christmas traditions meals yeah. in different parts of norway it's yeah and you might find more similarities between the south of norway and like the west of sweden uh, right. Then you might find in like the south of Norway and the north of Norway or something like right, that. So right, right. You, you learn that food is uh, a big part, especially local food, is like such a big part of regionalism. It says a lot about um, that area rather than even necessarily that nation. Yeah. yeah. I like the way you said that because mm -hmm. it's uh, like food is borderless. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it sounds so strange, but like recognizing that through like, you know, tr living abroad and stuff like, like that. Like uniting people in a different way. Yeah, and yeah. it like changes. For me, that's really changed my perspective. Uh, I mean, I was never a big fan of nationalism anyways, but it really strikes a good argument if you want to uh, contest something like nationalism or something like that. When you see that, uh, wait, we eat potatoes here. We 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 eat fried potato pancakes here, and we eat fried potato pancakes there. There's only this border in between us, you know. You go to the Middle East, everybody's eating hummus. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's everybody's eating. The yeah, same food. yeah. It's 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 incredible. So, uh, and and it's weird because food is this thing that's so close to everybody's hearts and families and like the essence stuff yeah and uh I, I wish sometimes people would focus a little bit more on food yeah and 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 what that tells us about right the cultures that we're existing in instead of the borders yeah i love that <laughs> that's great yeah food knows no nationalities no borders in many cases yeah love the salmon here too wow so, I mean, norwegian <laughs> salmon's known worldwide so you get to get spoiled on that um all right you want to go to your number four yeah well you know what this is kind of going going kind of along this is nice you know that we've kind of already been talking about this anyways going from the food is um generally just the perspective that living abroad gives you this is a big thing for me perspective I know it's oh yeah like a bit more, yeah bit more bit more uh philosophical or existential kind of thing mm -hmm. um but uh, yeah, when it comes to uh, perspective, I mean, and I already touched on this a little bit before when we were talking about like being expat and stuff like that. But, you know, in general, the more places you live, the, the more homes that you kind of have, like this, this process of immigrating all the time, living in one place, having to pack up all your things, having to, having to, you know, figure out how to move somewhere before you've ever even been there before um you start to really understand this process and going through that again and again and again and again gives you this very diverse perspective at least gives me a very diverse perspective about like what just a lot of people around the world are dealing with you know the uh you know, having to pack your things and go to new places that you've never been before. You don't know the language. You don't know all these things. You don't know how the system works. And you're just like thrown in there. Mm -hmm. And then you got to figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's pers perspective. And it, it, it's weird because, you know, every time you go to a new place, it's like same planet, different world. Yeah. 
different worlds and, and you call your family up on the phone oh how's it going on over there but they, they really it's hard to just explain the yeah. experience you know what i mean right of being in these new places and going deeper into some of them than others and taking some things with you and yep. bringing it to the next and becoming kind of this sounds cheesy but kind of this person of the world rather than this person of just united states yeah you know yeah. you always have that to bounce off of it's like right. constantly bouncing back and forth yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah so i think perspective is a really good thing yeah i've gotten out of this experience. yeah man that's that's great because guess <laughs> what hmm my number four dun 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 not in the same way. I didn't uh -huh. I didn't label it the same way, but yeah. it's essentially perspective. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, what I wrote down is, I mean, there were a couple things I wrote down. One is get, getting to see your home country in a new light. Mm -hmm. That's perspective. And getting to see yourself in a new way because mm. you're in a place or you've been moving around or living in different countries that it makes you question, like you said, your identity and not in a bad way, not like a... You know, it's easy easy to identify as a, oh, I'm an American or I'm this or that. But then you take something like as big as your home country or where you grew up away and you put yourself somewhere else, it gives you perspective mm -hmm. on the world. It gives you perspective on what it must be like when we are talking about people before who we get to come here by choice. What about somebody that has to come here and they have to figure it out, mm -hmm. uh, you know, figure out how to exist in a new country because they had to leave their own country because of war or whatever. You, you cannot, like, be in their shoes, but at least gives you a little bit more of an idea what it's like to, to relocate. I mean, you have a little more understanding when you're moving around and kind of getting outside of where you're from and putting yourself in new places and situations. I think, like, it totally shatters part of your identity and then you have to really understand, it just helps you to understand yourself in a different way, I feel, you know? Like yeah. certainly being in Norway for me, that's been a big thing for me, uh, up and down, struggles and also good things. But um, I had such love for Colorado where I was living and then I like liked it here, but I didn't love it here uh, in the beginning and I really had to figure out, all right, like, I can't, it was like a full philosophical thing too. Like I can't tie my happiness to a physical location. My happiness has to be within me mm. and I have to create it, you know, whether I have friends and family here or not, whether I speak the language or not, whether I miss, you know, going to the local brew pub that I love in, in Boulder or not, I'm still waking up in this place. And I'm here and I, I don't know what that means. I don't have like the association with my home country, my friends and family there. Uh, trying to figure all that out, that whole process for me was like a real um, good couple years of just learning about myself and trying to slow down and understand how to exist in a new place. And then through that, getting all kinds of different perspectives on um, along the way uh, for myself, but also just in the world. Yeah, so it's perspective basically yeah and it's 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 weird because once you kind of get started with that it, it's like opening up pandora's box yeah in a way i mean you know not in not in any way to diminish uh the 
idea of that many people live in just one place forever and i'm sure that leads to a whole other sure. world of perspective but we're just we're talking about from our experience yeah yeah but but um but there is really something that i've gotten out of it's kind of like reflection you know through p- this perspective that you get from reflecting and then it's as if you know Every time, every place you live, because it is such a different world, at least every place I've lived, because it is very different worlds, it's like looking in kind of different mirrors. Right. And you have all these mirrors that kind of bounce all the light off of. And at some point, it all just kind of, in many ways, becomes one big, just big soup of ideas. Right. And... Yeah, and it's like you said, but you and then it's and it's kind of wild because sometimes you wake up and you're just like, "What am I here? Wait, where am I? <laughs> I'm in Norway still." <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think it can certainly accelerate perspective change. Yeah. right. Mm-hmm. A lot of change going. On. I think that's the thing. It's like you're dealing with a lot of change. I mean, going back to just the idea of what it's like to go through something very real, but something that a lot of people don't experience uh, is like going through something like a very bureaucratic immigration process into a country getting your papers together getting your ids getting everything notarized and all paul steeled and all this kind of stuff that i think a lot of people who are probably listening to this might relate to and maybe if you if you haven't done that yet maybe you're, you're thinking about it uh it's something to be prepared for and it also sucks a lot mm-hmm. to do all that stuff yeah. and then the more you move or even if you stay in a country for a long time you have to keep doing it again and again sometimes it it gives you a lot of perspective on what that kind of process is like and bringing it back even a little bit more we were talking about people that maybe are not as um privileged with their passports you know u.s passports still still yeah. <laughs> pretty decent <laughs> yeah. it's not an eu passport but it's still a pretty decent passport but people that have even um less privileged passports you get like a tiny inkling right because that because that process can suck so much yeah. anyways like it can be now we're kind of getting into you, you could imagine but, what you're doing that against your will or like you know not your first choice type of thing yeah or just like yeah you know yeah you know how much the uncertainty of like will i get to live here or not like right. how will this like work out oh maybe i have to move back to this state or where am i going to go do i got to go over the border to renew my visa blah 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 all this kind of stuff that you deal with uh when you're traveling around or living around uh, and then you think, wow, and I, I, I actually am having an easier time than a lot of other people. Right. So that's the benefit. Puts it in perspective. Yeah, bringing it, bringing it back to the yeah. positive stuff, the stuff that I really like. It's like you, you kind of you garner this perspective yeah. that is really valuable yeah. and can actually, I mean, I, when I think about like my studies and my research and like different things and the way that I interact with uh, tourists and stuff like this when I'm doing tours and teaching and stuff like this, like this is very ingrained into that. Like, yeah. What do you think about it from this perspective? Yeah. And how is it for these people? It's like putting yourself in the other shoes and using your experience to kind of do that. And you'll never truly know, but no. you got like a feeling yeah. that you've kind of gained. Yeah, you can never know like who you would be if you spent the last 10 years in the States, for example. But I mean, I think without, unequivocally, I guess we could say that the perspectives we've gotten from living abroad are different than we could have gotten at home personally. Yeah, I don't want to speak for you, but yeah, no, I think for it's, sure. Uh, you know, I, and what that teaches you. I mean, for me, one of the biggest things the perspective has taught taught me from, a, like, a personal perspective, I guess, is uh, just it's just amplified my gratitude mm. in a way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. Yeah. I, I just, what do you mean? Well, I guess like going through that process of good question, um, <laughs> being, you know, trying to let go of a place that I was living before and exist in a new place that's not your home country. And then you really breaking it down to, you know, when you go through t- going through tough times, you know, everything mm. you can easily think when you're home, oh, like living abroad, like I'm in, say you're in this crappy job and you want to go live abroad and that's like your dream. It's just easy to kind of glorify that, mm-hmm. right? But then the realities of the daily life can catch up to you, whether it's bureaucracy or whatever. I mean, when you live in a place, you're experiencing your daily life and that means it's going to be yeah. ups and downs. It was really hard to get used to being in a place where I had no community. No, and we're getting into challenges here, I guess. So we'll try not to go <laughs> I knew too, it was gonna too spill deep down here. Yeah. Over. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, just kind of practicing gratitude every day for the things that I did have and not focusing on the things that might have been missing for me um, at the time. You know, certain days, like I'm sure like you wake up and you just like, this happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, man, I just want to like, be in the States right now and just jump in my car and drive to a diner and have breakfast at the counter and just do this like total US thing, Yeah, you know? Totally. So anyway, that's different than kind of what we're talking about with perspective, like sort of grand perspectives on the world, on life and everything like that. But all that ties in with your kind of inner world. Too, yeah, I right? mean, this so is, but this is, this is this stuff that you don't really get necessarily... Well, it's weird. This is this is the kind of pers- some, saying something like, "Oh, perspective as a benefit of you know traveling or living abroad." You know, it is stuff that they do sell in, for example, like travel magazines. Yeah, though. this is stuff that they sell in study abroad magazines. Right. They're, they are selling this stuff. They're saying That's true. study abroad yeah. for a semester in Florence, and you're gonna get like a whole. You're gonna get a whole new perspective on life. But I don't think. I think a lot of, uh, I, I can remember, you know, thinking about what that meant, you know, a long time ago, say like yeah. in high school, like, oh, I want to go study abroad. It's like a generic representation versus the reality of yeah. perspective change. You, yeah, you're actually, if, you, if you're taking that seriously you're, and, and you spend a little time with it, then you might get a bit more than you actually bargained for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well said, well said. Uh, all right, so we both got... Number four perspective. Uh, uh, let's move on to number three. I know you got. I know your phone was slowly no, dying. No, so, good. do you want to share your number three? Or you want me to take it? Go for it. You. you I'm going to take it. This okay. Yeah. This is um. Yeah, this is sort of a travel based one for me. Uh, I spent many years, like decade plus, living and working around the United States. So I was basically on a, a giant road trip around the United States for ten years with overseas trips in between and stuff like that. So I was fortunate enough. I love road trips. I got to see and spend time in so many places around the United States. It's insane, which was a beautiful thing. I got to really know my home country in a different, unique way, just living on the road in it. Living over here in Europe, I have proximity to new places to explore that are within my reach pretty easily. So I would say one of my number three thing that I love about living abroad is just being in a new region and having the ability to easily travel to new places that you've never been before. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I don't need to go too deep on that, but it's it's so easy to get around Europe. This is a whole continent that I've explored, uh, you know, in my travel life, but I've only scratched the surface. You know, there's so many places in Europe I want to go see. And it's really cool that we can just, like my wife's going to Latvia this weekend. She's just getting on a flight and going to Latvia. Like that's a hassle from the States. 
But here, you can just hop on a direct flight to uh, Latvia and spend a weekend there. It's just exciting to me. Like, I cannot wait to kind of get out and explore more of Europe. I'm, I'm saying I cannot wait because it's, it's something I've been doing since I've been here. But I think as my kids get a little older and older, it's just going to be easier to kind of bring them along or I'm going to say leave them behind. But it, when they're not so small, it's not so hard to have them on your own for a period of time. So that's going to increase more and more for me for my personal situation. So yeah, I just love being in a new on a new continent and having new exciting things to explore. Hell yeah, man. Uh, you know, uh, believe it or not, uh, my number oh boy. three is also quite similar. Uh, I, I listed it as place, but yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. I yeah. mean, ability to travel to many different places easily. And I mean, All I, right. yeah, I mean, but right I, on the same page here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I totally agree. Um, and for me, it was kind of similar before I ever came, you know, I feel like my life has been this kind of progress into different uh transition into different types of traveling and like getting about because yeah when, when i was in the united states i remember you know when i first got my car you know 16 got a yeah. car 17 whatever and it was just like all right like the world is my oyster like right. i can go out and just what was the soundtrack just really quick side note soundtrack if, yeah if you like if you just like immediate association with like like for me being 16 driving a car i'm thinking about like cypress hill and violent femmes Oh, dude. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I, I was listening to all that, but I, I literally had, I mean, if I was going to tell you, um, probably I had, a, Quest. Re, I had a, a GTI red 1996 oh, Volkswagen boy. GTI. Sounds very Florida. Driving around, delivering pizza, listening. Definitely had, if I had three CDs in there, I was definitely had my, uh, I did have a really awesome Violent Femmes acoustic tour, Ooh. Viva Wisconsin, nice, uh, which was always in, in there. And uh, God, I got to have the fish. I had always jamming oh, okay. the fish yeah, yeah. The and fish uh, a variety of other jam bands. And uh, then, of course, some classic rock, you know, oh, yeah, okay. I, had, I had that big CD case. You know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to have the CD case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like like the one the that CD weighed lot. like. Oh, OK. Yeah. Like, I had like a yeah. hundred page yeah, CD yeah. case, <laughs> all burn CDs and just like. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Total side note. But, but I anyways. Curious. Yeah. So the point was. But yeah. So I traveled a lot in the United States once I got this car. I was in. And I really wanted to see the United States before I went anywhere else. It was weird because even though at that time didn't really travel anywhere. I had this weird sense of kind of reverse perspective. Like yeah. going back to the last thing we were talking about, I was like, I really want to see the U.S. before I go anywhere else because then I have that perspective. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really, I think it's an important point. It was really, yeah. Like I remember talking. See some of your home country. Yeah. I remember like, especially the first, like, cause I didn't, I did not leave the United, well, other than a few like family like trips uh, going on a cruise and stuff. I did not personally leave the United States until I was, uh, about uh, 23 so yeah about 11 years ago that was like the first time when I went to spend some months in Ecuador and um, and uh, but just cruising around in the car you know cruising around in the car and you could see so much but nowadays living in Europe it's just like it's also so awesome because yeah. first of all you don't need a car yeah right uh, and you just, so compact yeah it's gonna um yeah, I don't. Okay, yeah, I don't want to give away too much from my next one. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. We can leave yeah, it at we'll that. We'll segue into that. Yeah, we can leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, do you so want to move to into the next one since you were kind of yeah? I might mean, just flow into that because it kind of right it kind of it, it kind of goes with what I'm saying right now. So keep we, it going. I'm gonna I'm gonna go get the coffee thermos. We're totally hopped up on coffee. And yeah. Sugar, by the way, in case you haven't noticed, so so go ahead. Yeah, going into to add, let's say to what you're saying about travel. I love traveling in Europe, uh, especially if I compare it to the way that I used to travel in the United States. So don't get me wrong. I love the road trip. I love, you know, hopping in the car. with the Pulling over to get a big gulp. Nothing compares, you know, <laughs> but nothing on the f- compares. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, this is the Prince song. <laughs> That's true. Um, as we just found this out last year. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, um, so, yeah, traveling around the United States is always great. But here in Europe, like my key word for this topic is mobility. Okay. Mobility is so key here. Mobility. Not just from a travel perspective. Like, l- let's start from the top. Okay. Segwaying from, from ability to travel into more of a micro mobility setting. Okay. So starting from the top segueing from my idea of where to travel around i mean man since i've been in europe i say i've been in europe yeah like eight years uh since i've been in europe it's like you see so much you're just like i'm gonna take the train from germany to england yeah and in between i'm gonna go through belgium and netherlands right you're hitting like multiple totally different cultures along the way you just end up in countries you're like i didn't even think about it you know and um you can take like I've literally taken public transportation, like a combination of like hitchhiking and public transportation from like the north of Scotland to like the south of Croatia over to like Istanbul. You're seeing all kinds of stuff along yeah, the way. Yeah, just along the way. And you can like slow, it's really easy to slow travel here. Like, you know, you can hitchhike, you can, you can, you can, you can bike, you know, I've done like some pretty nice bike trips. You can just like there's so many ways to get around there's so many sorry, there's so many opportunities for mobility yeah which uh for me i really love because uh at the end of the day although i love driving around in a car and it can be fun sometimes although we get a bit car sick um it's just it's not the best way to travel it's not the most yeah. efficient way to travel no. and here you can do it you know well the public transportation here is yeah and that incredible. was so that was the next thing i was going to talk about uh, about mobility it's just like living especially here in oslo but also when i used to live in south korea and germany and all these places it's just like the public transportation is awesome yeah overall and it's incredible i come from palm beach county we got awarded at least back in the day the worst public transportation in america sorry palm beach county <laughs> i love you no uh, you know don't <laughs> apologize it's their own fault you know i don't know uh, uh, it's a shame it is, it's always like kind of breaking my heart that as america evolved as a country they didn't prioritize these types of things you know you get on trains here in europe and you get out in the middle of the city center of another mm-hmm. place and there you are and I'm, we're not saying oh this is all perfect and everything it, back in our home country sucks or whatever but i mean it's, <laughs> it's dramatically better as far as getting around public transportation the ability to of course that mean we can't control and, and the states are so big you're going through different subcultures in a different way but you're still always in the same country so there's that homogeny mm-hmm. i guess where you go on a across Route 80, across the United States, how many Walmarts and shopping centers are you going to pass with Mm. Walmart, Target, and all this stuff, you know? So you have to kind of get off of that and get into some of the different towns, I think, to, like, get into what America is. Mm -hmm. Because you can 
put yourself in certain places in America, if like they put a blindfold on you and helicoptered you into a, like a Walmart shopping center, <laughs> if, like if it wasn't idea. like, if there weren't like desert mountains around or some, something that you could look at, it's like they was just flat, you would have n- probably no idea where you were. You could be in like 30 different states. Oh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. You can't really say <laughs> the same about Europe. Yeah. Well, it's it's it, it's of course it's a diff- you know, but I guess the homogeny is something. I I like that it doesn't seem as homogenous here in that way. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, of course, it has a, a one. They have their IKEAs, and you know, it, it, it's very it's 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 a, it's a funny topic because um, it it does have a lot to do, of course, with the way you know history. Yeah. You know, um, right. But we can't. But it's not uh, history, like how cities were built. And you know, if you go to if you go to Germany, what a, what a fun funny place to go bike on a bike ride. Yeah. Every three kilometers, there's a new tiny village. You know, mm. and there's literally bike paths like connecting all of these villages. I know, I'm dying to do. Have it's you like, done that? Have you biked through Germany? Yeah, yeah. I've and, heard such great things. Uh, like, yeah, it's it. I mean, and it's just. But that's how those towns have existed for centuries right so america united states is very new yeah uh but 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 that's what bothers me that they didn't really plan for public transportation in that sort of way oh and you know there's a reason for that i mean yeah i'm (laughs) sure that's another deep dive i guess but uh, there's definitely financial reasons why they didn't decide to because we because uh yeah we just keep it on the things we (laughs) love i guess so let's keep it i I started going into this negative direction mobility (laughs) here in europe uh, maybe what we should do though is we should give really for for people who are listening at home you know a perspective really on like what it looks like to be mobile just here in a place like oslo yeah it's incredible. Break it down. Yeah, I'll break it down. Because I mean, okay, let Preach me. Preach it, my man. Let me, Preach let, it. let me give you an idea. This is, <laughs> this is what I tell, because this is what we talk about a lot when I have tours. You know, I mean, how incredible is this? When they decided to start designing the public transportation system, the Tebana, as they call it here in Norway, they designed it. They, they first started designing it back in like the middle, late 1800s. To during the Industrial Revolution when it was at like full peak here in Norway, it was like a little later, and it was getting really smoggy and industrial in the downtown area. So they decided to create a um, uh, a, a train line, yeah, basically the first long train line up to Frognesetten and for uh, or Holmenkollen. So people that don't know what we're talking about right now, Holmenkollen is this very high place. It's one of the highest places in Oslo. They basically created a train line to get people out to the fresh air yeah. and to get people out into the, the nature. Nowadays, how they've created the public transportation sits here is literally at the end of every metro line, at the end of every Tebana train line, it drops you off at a natural area. I mean... The, is a priority yeah. of this community here to get people out into the nature. Now, of course, that's not the only reason why people use it. That's not why you use it. I mean, some people do use it on a daily basis to get out to the yeah. nature. So, I mean, I, I not on a daily basis, but we use it to go to like Songsvon, for example. Yeah, use it to get we out take to the, the lake. Take the yeah. to the last stop at Songsvon, get to the lake, mm-hmm. have a picnic. It, it's crazy. I mean, you can do stuff. Here. So, and this and this is a, another benefit about just kind of like uh, how when you're shifting your ideas about economy and stuff like this, like. I live in Oslo. Uh, I don't own a car. 
Um, that saves me a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, I ride my bike because it's a really nice city to ride your bike in. Or occasionally take the public transportation, which is like not the cheapest in the world, but it's not the most expensive either. Mm-hmm. And it's just so many ways to get around. If you go out on a daily basis, you see people getting around in all kinds of ways. You see people going on. The, when a lot of tourists come to visit and I have them on my tours, they say, wow, it's so quiet here in Oslo. Uh, where are all the people? Uh, where are all the cars? All this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, we have some cars but we also have scooters and people ride bikes and people walk and people take the bus and people take the train and you can't even see the train because it's under the ground because they don't want it to cause pollution overground. So it's this diversity in mobility uh, here in Oslo, but also a lot around Europe, I would say, and other kind of um, like uh, countries, yeah, maybe South Korea, places that have a lot of really uh, big infrastructure for public transportation, um, where there's this priority set to get people around in diverse ways. It's healthy in a lot of ways, get people moving, yeah. all this kind of stuff. It's it's incredible. It's really, I would like to see that in America too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's that. great on a personal level too, like you riding your bike somewhere versus taking the Taybana versus yes. taking the bus are different experiences as well, which is kind of fun. Um, yeah. I love that, mobility, number mobility. two. We're whittling it down, man. I got my number two here. What's your Can number I go two? with it? Give it up. Getting to become part of another culture. Mm. Now, I've been, it sounds like I've been America bashing. I, I'm not. I love America. I'm, I love road tripping in America. It's probably one of my, might be my favorite travel thing to do. Of yep. all the countries I've been in, all the different ways I've traveled and all that, something about road tripping in America is, it's just something I did for so long mm-hmm. that it's like this forever the special. Road. Yeah, it's this forever part of my heart that I can never let go of. Like, I, I just, I love it. So I got mad love for America and all things Amer- American, I guess. I know I say all things, but um, that's where I'm from. So I, it's a part of who I am. Mm. And that's like anybody can say where they grew up. Um, if they spent a lot of time in a place where they grew up in one country, it's going to be a part of who you are and you hopefully appreciate those parts and the things you learned from that experience. Mm. But it's a real treat for me being married to a Norwegian mm-hmm. to and, and living in Norway, you don't have to be married to a Norwegian. You don't have to be married to anybody to, to have this experience. If you stay in a place long enough, you, you get like a, you get to like adopt another culture mm. into your life in some way beyond just the sort of, when you're traveling, you can do that for little periods of time. But when you're kind of living traditions over and over, like Mm. I have been for years Mm. now, you're not just like a traveler experiencing a tradition for a period of time. It's now become your own family tradition. So your own traditions are, for me, like with my family here, a lot of my traditions are now Norwegian traditions. And instead of at the beginning where I felt like I was just like an outsider experiencing that, which was also exciting and cool because you get that travel excitement, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you come in somewhere and you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm like, I'm in Germany and this, uh, this woman's bringing me like, giant, she has an arm full of giant beers and like, <laughs> you know, and, like, people are singing the oompa and it's like, wow, I'm having this experience, you know? <laughs> and you're like kind of taking it as this experience as a traveler. Mm. Um, I'm, I hope I'm explaining this properly, but when you're living that over years, I'm more in it. I'm not like an observer. I'm more like a part of it, you know? So I feel like I've got this blessing of having um, a whole new culture as a part of my life. Mm. And I and now my kids are half Norwegian, half American. 
I don't feel as much like a traveler experiencing these things. I feel more like, um, yeah, I, I'm not ever going to be a Norwegian, but I feel like connected to the yeah. Norwegian culture in a different way. And it's a really cool thing to experience another culture and have that as a part of my life on that level. We, we, you've gone native. Have I? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like that, like, you know. This I'm wearing clothes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, like, you know, it, it's what happens. That's what they used to say, you know, uh, anthropologist goes somewhere and then ends up staying there. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I think we're all studiers of the travel arts. So yeah. in many ways, we've gone native. So. <laughs> gone native. Wow. I mean, in some ways, I'll never be fully yeah native of but course you, but it's a it's a it's a feeling it's like a feeling that i can't explain you know yeah. it feels more a part of my family and it is a part of my family well so it is yeah i mean and i think that's that's a unique experience in itself is to actually uh have part of your family i mean i i, I don't quite know that experience because i don't have kids but i mean you actually have kids that are like part of two yeah two sides of dna of the yeah. different cultures yeah know. this is like important because i want them to get i want those backgrounds to be part of who they are Mm -hmm. you know i want the american side too so yeah yeah no that's 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 a yeah it's it's interesting you experience it on different levels too i mean I, i in general i'd like to not really think i i like the act of traveling but even when i'm traveling places and i'm using quotation marks right now uh i I don't like being a tourist all the time anyways you know i mean i like that like my my favorite thing to do when i go to a new place is uh, either a go for a jog you know first day go for don't look at the map just go for a jog Check out the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get better at my microphone skills. <laughs> um, no, your skills are good. You're just uh, <laughs> pro- your your proximity and yeah. mobility. I need like microphone. a I need like a boom mic. <laughs> I'm I'm too I'm getting too expressive with my hand gestures. Uh first time on the podcast. Um yeah, where were we now? Um hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, but this idea of but when you when you're traveling, I think I think it's possible. Like so, just like people can relate a little bit, maybe to what you're saying. And I think I know what you're saying. It, it is also possible to kind of get that feeling in shorter spurts. But it just depends on Absolutely. how you tra- how you travel. You know, because my favorite thing to do is like go for a run in like a neighborhood where I've never been before and just see what happens. You yeah. know, or uh, li- another little way you can get that even if you're not living somewhere. But instead of always going for the you know the sites, the cliffs notes. Uh, sorry, the you know the lonely planet uh, sites or. Uh, uh, n- nothing wrong with Lonely Planet or any of these things, but we get a different topic. <laughs> but uh, sit in a cafe, like a local cafe, and just see what's going on. Go to the go to the local bar. You know what I mean? See what's happening in there. Talk to the people. You know, and you can get really quickly uh, deeper insight into the essence of the culture rather yeah. than uh, just uh, skimming on the surface. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, like you get to become a part of the culture in uh, as a traveler. So that's a, one of the big perks of traveling, mm-hmm. of course. So yeah, for me, having this on this list is probably maybe maybe now that I think about it, it's maybe more of a 
could be more tied to the fact that I have a family here and then they're both part of that. And it, it, know, But it makes sense. I mean, I can relate to, like, I don't know. For me, I'm a bit more ambivalent about my position here in, say, like, Norwegian local culture. Right. I feel a bit on the fence about it. But parts of me, like, immediately when I came here felt some, like, lost home that oh, i really? never yeah oh huh. that, that's what first caught me was it, like what we were talking about in the beginning and we can get into it a little bit more is immediately coming here when, when i first lived here i lived right next to the forest and i could ride the train i was like this is like some imaginary world that i made up in my head but it actually exists <laughs> right you know and it's weird and it actually has nothing re- i mean maybe a lot of that design is influenced by the culture but this place just kind of existed and I like immediately could relate to it. There's yeah. a lot of things in Norwegian culture I can't relate to, yeah. but there's something, and then there's certain things you adopt. What, what do you think? I'm just curious. Do you have, do you have, um, do you have anything? I'm asking this cause I have one. <laughs> do, you have, do you have anything that, uh, you really like that you've like adopted that you didn't have before? That's Norwegian or Norwegian or just like in general from different, cultures basic stuff like surprising things um basic like specific things or just sort (laughs) of more like mindset or i can give you my you want me okay my example my example would be and this sounds might sound really funny but you know i just i don't feel like i really grew up with um the whole idea of taking your shoes off when you go into someone's house oh yeah <laughs> did yeah, you grow yeah, up okay. with that I don't know. uh no but i think it makes a lot of sense and i yeah. like it a lot <laughs> yeah like like i mean in, in, when i lived in asia and like south korea it was like it doesn't matter where you go to a restaurant and take shoes off yeah you know right, what I mean? right um and uh i've adopted that and i do that like everywhere yeah i can now. you have you have to do it here right i mean yeah. that's part of norwegian culture you'd be like a heathen gotta take your shoes <laughs> off i mean I, I feel bad when i have to like walk back in the house to get my keys because i forgot him or something like oh sorry honey <laughs> walk through <laughs> yeah. with my shoes <laughs> no that's a really good one and like a very practical one yeah that's what of, i mean right? it's like something you wouldn't think it's something so not it's not so sexy or exciting but yeah it's yeah. funny <laughs> no that's true yeah um i mean one of the things that i love is and then we can move on to our our, our top ones oh, my yeah. top one is like so boring it's hilarious mine too so. but it's, is it oh i don't know it's for me it's exciting but probably for maybe maybe it'll be interesting for some people hmm. stay tuned okay. stay tuned <laughs> we're almost wrapping up uh, i love the appreciation for the countryside and nature here we've already mm. talked about that a lot but there's something about i feel like norway is and maybe this is me just kind of idealizing it but i really have this experience my wife being from utpolanda which is like mm. out in the countryside she really grew up in a rural area and when we go up there i i understand that culture because i've spent a lot of time in it i didn't grow up there but i can understand a lot more about her where she's from but also about life in rural norway and um, I think life in rural Norway also spills into the cities because a lot of people that settle in the cities come from rural Norway. And even if they don't, I feel like it just bleeds in because Norway is such a small country. Mm-hmm. What I'm getting at is there, is there seems like to be a real appreciation for like simple things in a way, mm. like going, you know, going and picking blueberries oh, is yeah. like an activity or... Um, yeah, just just being outside and kind of doing simple things, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's really attractive to me because coming from like kind of the Western mindset and always like go go go, mm-hmm. I've always 
appreciated nature and wanted to have that as more. And I, I made it a point to have that as part of my travels in my life. Um, but I think Norway has helped me slow down even more. And maybe that's also having kids too. It's kind of like just, you know, stop and look at the ducks. Like mm-hmm. just kind of, I don't know. So there's something here that uh, I, I think there's a, this appreciation for these sort of going to a cafe and sitting down and having a coffee and just like, being, yep. like you said just being i don't know what it is it's a, it's a vibe it, that's really cool that you brought that up because i think that is such an essential part of uh, living here in norway uh yeah. is just appreciating the nature and and it it's it's weird because i feel like here you can be a little it's, yeah it's like the movie said to me it's a little like less stress vibe yeah at least on like the surface level i would say is that that kind of leads to my number one. Oh yeah a little bit what you got well you want me to take it first uh no no you... I'll, no i'll take i'll take it all right yeah go for it this is my number one top five things i love about living abroad so this is going to be so boring to most of you but also <laughs> when you talk about the less stress vibe this ties in and this is more to my particular situation because i have kids and a family and everything mm-hmm. the social system here oh yeah Having kids and knowing like when we had some complications with like my son's birth, um, he also was born with a club foot, which is like a common birth defect, but something mm. that needs to be treated over a period of five years. Like all these things that kind of can happen, all these things that happen to people in their lives. Like eventually everybody knows somebody that's had cancer or everybody's been in, ended up in the hospital at some point or whatever. Just having the ability to like do the work I love, focus on that and not have to worry about if I'm going to be able to afford my health insurance bill every month. Like if I move back to the States right now with a family, a family as a family with two kids. Oh, I mean, I'm probably paying at least a thousand bucks a month right off the top just to get basic health care with probably a big deductible and all this stuff. Yeah. So very practical thing for my situation, but I've grown to love this, not because it's perfect, but because what I've noticed from conversations with others and even conversations on some people I've had on the podcast from the Nordic perspective and existing in it for my own life and my own situation and seeing the the people around me and how it affects them, I really think this, this idea of that, like having a good system like this in terms of healthcare really creates more freedom for people to do the things they want to do because you're removing a big, not only fear, like a mindset fear, but also like a practical barrier to people just like maybe doing jobs that they love, not because they just need the insurance or whatever. You know, when you, when you know, you're not going to, one, you're not one thing away from losing everything. When you get hurt and you don't have to, like your first question that you ask yourself isn't, oh my gosh, how much is this going to cost? You know? Like you should not, you should not like have somebody you love get hurt or you get hurt and then the first thing that runs through your mind is, oh my God, how am I going to pay for this? Like even when we were traveling in the States, it was like, uh, we were, my kids got sick and then they were doing these tests and they're like, this doesn't work out, you're going to have to go to the ER. So I'm like, uh, all right, we're going to have to call the insurance company because we can't just, like you can't just go to the ER because that could be $10,000. Mm-hmm. That's effed up. 
Totally. Sorry. It is. <laughs> so um, it's anyway, that, that, that's not, I mean, so I just bring that up because there's the practical side of that. That sounds boring. But there's this whole other side, how that affects the society. Oh, absolutely. And the people within mm-hmm. it. I guess my heart aches for like my home country to get some of this stuff together and for the people that struggle with this as like a real struggle in their lives and they medical bills and things like that. I mean, we're like one of the richest countries in the world. Can't we figure this out? Sorry, this isn't a political podcast. I'm not going to like... Let's go for I'm it. I'm not going to rant <laughs> on that, but um, I can say it's a huge difference in quality of life in terms of having that freedom and flexibility and not mm-hmm. having to worry about... And, and there you go throwing that, that, that worldly perspective in there. I guess. So anyway, that's my number one for better or worse. Well, uh, this is going to be a really uh, boring uh, end to this list probably oh, because I have... We should the, have reordered this. I bro. have the same uh, thing. Do yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I have the same... Well, the number... My number... I did, healthcare. Yeah, that was that was the top that was the top one healthcare. Yeah. But I can I can I can uh, um, expand so on that just a yeah, little please bit. Please do, dude. One hundred percent healthcare. I mean, what's more important than your health? Right. I don't. I mean, I don't. Single, married, elderly, young babies, whatever. Like, and I know this I is mean, very much like. Sorry to interrupt because mm-hmm. I want to hear what you have to say. But yeah. this is our top five things we love about living abroad. Mm-hmm. Now, this particular one for us is very specific to where we are. Yeah, I even right? have that written in my notes. It says healthcare. Very specific due to where I'm from and where I currently live, <laughs> okay, but so, healthcare. <laughs> yeah, but healthcare. So go on, please. Yeah, I mean, now, how about this? What about this idea? Okay, and, and, and I'm, I'm talking to all the people out there. Okay, uh, especially if you're in uh, America or one of the other three countries in the world that don't have healthcare, but I think America, United States, sorry, is, uh, we, we need to get it together because before, now how is this for a vibe? When I moved here, okay, I, and I would tell this to people on the phone, I'm not just making this up in like post-reflection now. I would call people and I'd say, yeah, the vibe is just different here in Norway. Because you can tell that people aren't worried so much about like healthcare, yeah, and like like uh, it's an anxiety. Yes, yeah, the anxiety is exist. just not there. Yeah. And you know what? At that point in time, I was not in the Norwegian healthcare system or the social system because there's other benefits that we haven't mentioned so much about the the social welfare system here. But but. Even just existing, even though I'm sitting there, don't have health insurance here, not in the system, but just existing in a place where everybody is generally taken care of made me feel better. Yeah. Even though I wasn't a part of it yet. It took a couple of years for me to get into the system here just from different visa regulations and stuff like that. But just being there, not even being a part of it made me happy. I I would tell people it makes me happy just to be in a place where I know people are being taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, this goes a bit more into, uh, (laughs) this goes a bit more, of course, into perspective and reflection and all these kinds of things. But, you know, uh, you become, I don't know. I feel like I've become uh, increasingly more empathetic uh, in my old age or whatever, but maybe it has something to do with uh, traveling and living in different places. But that just made me feel better. Yeah. Like I don't have kids, but it makes me happy to know that 
if you do have kids, you can send them away to kindergarten mm-hmm. from ages one to five. And and that gives parents the ability to live their lives too. Yeah. And like and 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 go to work and stuff. I mean, of course you have a choice. You can you can of course decide not to do that. Yeah, those but, types of things are subsidized, I think. 86 percent yeah so it's very affordable daycare it's not just yeah the health care it's the like for me daycare all this stuff ties in that you're mentioning mm-hmm. yeah dude uh, just a, a short aside about healthcare. since i'm gonna explain it i broke my arm in united states and i was not able to get it fixed there because i didn't have health insurance i was just visiting and i literally went to like a like a um what's it called emergency care he's one of these little shops in the mall (laughs) right yeah emergency medic not the emergency that's where we had to go with my kids when uh when we were there it's a urgent care urgent care i went to an urgent care and they were like they gave me it cost like 175 bucks they they gave me a sling and they said it should be okay it was broken it was broken yeah I luckily, because of some people I know, a couple weeks later got an appointment with a doctor while I was still visiting there. And they said, well, looks like you broke it, but it's already started to heal. Uh, so we can't really do anything about it. They, you might want to wait until you like go back to Norway or something. So I came back to Norway <laughs> and, <laughs> and I went to the emergency room. This is like much, like months later now. I yeah. went to the emergency room and they were like, yeah, you broke your elbow. It healed, and now you need surgery. Uh, we're gonna give you some X-rays, and then I got some X-rays. Said, "Oh yeah, you need to come back tomorrow to get an MRI." This is at the emergency room. Yeah, said, you need to come back tomorrow to get an MRI. Set me up with an MRI. No waiting, like you right. know, we always hear on the news about oh, we gotta wait in line. No, this was immediate that day, and then the next day got an MRI, and then immediately they scheduled me for an appointment to come get my elbow surgery. I had to wait a couple of weeks to get the surgery, but it was reasonable. It wasn't like an emergency. You'd already waited months. I already waited on. months. Yeah. Thanks to my fabulous American healthcare system, yeah. which doesn't exist. And uh, they took care of me. Literally, I had to get two surgeries actually to fix it because it's this like sawing and I won't go into the gory details, yeah. but nonetheless, I had to get two surgeries. Wow. A couple x-rays, MRI, two surgeries, a sandwich and a coffee and it cost me like a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. and you want to talk about a pre-existing condition i mean yeah so, everybody can say oh you pay so much in taxes but like i actually don't pay really that much more in taxes like my company does more than my company would in the states but personally mm-hmm. it's roughly on par but like you said just existing here like you got for a meal at least you know it's going towards taking care of other people yeah and 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 it's kind of funny because now it's kind of tapering down the benefits and stuff but now i'm, I'm kind of wishing that I, I i made instead of instead of the foreigner card one i would have liked to have added one in about because that was kind of a, a funny one but yeah i would have liked to add one in about affordability um uh, just to add on to the end of health well i think that ties in with this yeah yeah like um all this um talk about um the norway or the nordic countries or europe or social uh, democratic socialist countries and all this kind of stuff being like so overpriced and all these taxes and blah 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 it's like number one you get a lot for your money number two 
they just tax kind of differently. So you kind of have to just change your perspective on how you buy things and like oh, what you buy and why you buy and, 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 and what you're paying for and where the money's going, you know, because you get so much for your taxes. And uh, yeah, when you look at your taxes, what you might pay in the United States, it's probably not that much different. Yeah. And also when you think about all the money you save, about like not driving everywhere. Well, if you were, like you said, the stuff. perspective thing, if you have to pay for your own health care, you know, as a self-employed person, you're you're just the money it's it you could say that that's tax money here you know mm-hmm. i mean you could ju- it depends on how you look at it but that's extra money you're saying oh well maybe i pay a little less in taxes but you're also paying this much in healthcare this much in daycare this much in this that and the other mm-hmm. so all that adds up that you're in the end maybe you're paying more everybody's situation is different yeah but i think i think one of the, some of the key things about this is also just why, why the healthcare probably is at the top of both of our lists is I think it comes a lot back to what you said too. Like you're not um, bound to an employer, you know, which is, you're not bound to an employer. So you like can just like kind of have freedom, like you said, like for you to do something like this podcast or something like that. You know, it's like that's amazing. And of course, a lot of people do it in the United States too or in like other places. But it's, it's, it's really uh, amazing. Let's just say this not every most governments suck for a lot of reasons there's a lot of corruption everywhere but at least have one that works for the people (laughs) and i feel like this one is doing quite a good job of working through the people via the social welfare system yeah and like we said before it's not just because the personal situations that we that we talked about here today Mm -hmm. but it contributes to the relaxed vibe Mm -hmm. of the country and the place you exist and when you visit countries or live abroad in countries where I'm mean, listen, no country's perfect. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their faults and things like that. But mm-hmm. again, we, we don't want to keep this going too much in the political <laughs> direction, but it's like, it just frustrates me so much because what's the point of having all this money, all this tax money and things in the States, if they're not going to take care of people. And uh, like when I, I always have to preface it by saying, well, everybody's got their own individual situation because in the States it often ends up being like that. Everybody's sort of trying to fight for and figure out their own situation. If we could get just a baseline, Hey, everybody's taking care of on this health thing. If you just walked up to everybody and said, Hey guys, tomorrow you don't have to worry about healthcare anymore. We got you covered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect, but like who would like, I I don't understand how you can say no to that like oh I, no wait no i want to pay more i want to keep paying yeah you know like, I, I don't mean, think yeah it just seems like a no-brainer well, um it, it just creates a, a much more relaxed situation for everybody where they know if stuff goes down they're going to be taken care of yeah and it, and it goes kind of back to this whole perspective thing uh, i think that and, and 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 this is not a perspective necessarily from traveling but a cultural perspective yeah uh because somehow this uh, the different cultures see these things differently here in this culture and a lot of other european cultures uh or developed countries quote unquote um they value the collective good as a very important maybe the most important natural resource which is why big people and the agency and the social capital and the 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 ability to be educated and the ability to be healthy and continue on making this country work you know and i think that's what we see happening here uh whereas um the other side of that perspective is oh i don't want to pay for other 
people and I have my own individual culture. <laughs> yeah, right, right. yeah, so something like that. I don't know. But anyways, yeah. yeah. We are we are going on. We we rocked this. We're right, rocking well, it. Well, we should recap. Let's, Let's see. Recap. Um, we're gonna go through. <laughs> this was our top five things we love about living abroad. Um, my number five was food. Your number five was the foreigner card, <laughs> or we could also call it anonymity. In Ana- a way. Yeah, anonymity. Yeah, is a nice but it's one. also something it, like you said. It can be an advantage or disadvantage depending on. We, yeah. we had that whole discussion. Yeah. Um, Number four, we both said, in a nutshell, perspective. Mm-hmm. Number three, we both said proximity, mm-hmm. essentially, which is like proximity to new places to explore, yep. um, new cultures to check out, all that good stuff, because we love to travel. Mm-hmm. That's why we're here, or one of the reasons. Uh, number two, mobility is yep. what you said, which I love, easy to get around, mm-hmm. um, public transportation, all that good stuff. I could definitely second that. Um, my number two is getting to be a part of another culture, getting to like adopt another culture as mine. It's kind of mm. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, honorary, consider myself an honorary Norwegian, even though they don't. You know, there's this whole thing <laughs> like being a friend of Norway. Mm-hmm. Like Bruce Springsteen's a friend of Norway. Oh, yeah. I wonder about Bruce Springsteen. It's like a, an official status or something, but not really official. I don't know how you become a friend of Norway, but hey, if anybody's listening, one of my missions is to become a friend of Norway. Don't you think he has some like secret kids over here or something? Because he loves Norway so he, much? I mean, he's he here like me. three or four times a year. <laughs> he has his own taxi driver and uh, and, and uh, uh, a gym membership. Really? Yeah. Bruce, hey, That's listen, the rumor. Man, if Sorry, you're out Bruce. there, if you're listening, <laughs> we would love to get you on the podcast. Come on over. <laughs> want to talk to you about your time. Come, come dispel my rumors that I just in, spread. <laughs> in Norway. Um, and Sorry, number Bruce. one for both of us, we're saying, you know, the social system, a part of that, a huge part of that, healthcare. Also healthcare. for me, the daycare and some of the other things you get, you can get support with, with your tax dollars. So love it. Boutique, my man. Mr. Jason. Our first podcast together. We got to high five it out. When we do that in person, it's yep. always a nice thing to do. Thanks we for drank about me. 16 cups of coffee and had a, 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 as much sugar as uh, <laughs> I think we have in the house. So I know I got to pee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> time, to, time to do it. And, uh, <laughs> Thanks we'll, for having me on. This was yeah, great. We'll have you back again for another episode. Our, going to be our top five most challenging things about living abroad. Most challenging things. So It uh, can be challenging. We'll see you next time. Yeah, see you later. Cheers. <laughs> there you have it. Thanks to my buddy Boutique Quest for stopping by the podcast and also letting me come to his open mic and completely bomb, which uh, as you heard in, in the interview, I'm, uh, I guess I'm prepared to do again. I don't know. I'm a glutton for punishment. I think it's fun to talk about these things because, hey, Life is short. Put yourself out there. You know, do something that scares the crap out of you. And when you do that, every time I've done that, I'm sure you know every time you've done that, you've come out a better person for it. So if you're thinking about doing something that scares the crap out of you, but you keep putting it off, go do that thing that scares the crap out of you. You'll probably hate it when it's happening. (laughs) But in the end, lessons will be learned and... Yeah, who knows how it will change you, but there's a there's a little a little motivational uh send-off, I guess, for you. I wanted to give a couple shout-outs before I let you go to uh, some fine folks in this community, which, by the way, if you are new to the Zero to Travel podcast listening community, welcome. Feel free to subscribe. We have I don't even know how many episodes now in the archives, almost four hundred uh episodes packed with travel tips, advice, strategies from experts, great stories. 
all kinds of awesome stuff. You can subscribe wherever you get uh, podcasts. Feel free to leave a review if you have been subscribed for a while and you haven't done that and you have anything nice to say. Those are always more than welcome. And of course, you can get in touch with me, Jason at ZeroToTravel.com. Sign up for the email list over at Zero to Travel if you want to get some stuff off the podcast because you've got all kinds of stuff happening that doesn't happen on the podcast. You can stay in the loop and join the community there and it just takes literally 30 seconds right now we're giving away a free mini audio course when you sign up so go ahead and do that if you want to keep in touch and i'd love to keep in touch with you now some shout outs i got a couple emails from a recent episode about a recent episode i did on ireland and uh (laughs) it was it was sweet Uh, i got one from michael who said I've been listening to Zero Travel Podcast for a while. Finally decided to email you. Thanks, Michael. He said, your recent podcast with Garvin brought up so many great memories from Ireland. My wife and I went there for our honeymoon last year. We had a time of our lives. The people and the music is what we think makes Ireland one of the best travel destinations. And uh, yeah, had some other nice things to say. He also mentioned, you know, organizing a trip there if we want to get the community together somewhere in the world. Hey, I'm always open to that keep sending me those emails if that's something you want to do and we'll make it happen. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for listening. And Harry, who said, good evening, Jason, long time podcast listener, very inspirational and providing advice on my own journey with moving into a van currently in the conversion process. Congratulations, Harry. Sounds exciting. Going for that hashtag van life. He goes on to say he was also left feeling homesick being from Ireland by your recent episode. Thank you very much again. Well, Harry, it wasn't my intention to leave you feeling homesick, but um, yeah, you've got a great country. Ireland's a wonderful place. And you know, I don't do a lot of destination-themed episodes on the podcast because, I don't know, I, I, I tend to focus on some of the transition to travel type stories and trying to pull out different strategies and nuggets that can help you travel the world on your terms. But part of that is, of course, destinations. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do when you get there? And I'm totally open to doing more destination episodes. So if anybody has any requests, just send them my way and I'll add them to the queue. I'm always looking to do what you all out there want me to do because this is your show. This is a platform for a community. I happen to be the host, but this is a community-powered show. It's all about you. It's not about me. I'm here to um, run my mouth on the mic and just bring the content and the things that you want to learn, to hear, to be entertained by, to be inspired by, whatever, I'm here for you. So hit me up and get in touch anytime. Thank you so much for being a member of this listening community. And I really appreciate that you're here. Thank you. You can be doing a lot. You hung out with me today and I appreciate that. So before I let you go, shall I leave you with a quote? I like to do that. Let me uh, let me pull one out of my drawer here. I've got a whole drawer full of quotes if you would believe that from a little Zen calendar I have. Let's see what I got here. Did I get lucky here? All right. Thich Nhat Hanh. Here it is. Breathing is the bridge between body and mind. Breathing is the bridge between body and mind. There. Random quote pulled out from my drawer. So if you're feeling stressed today, take a second and breathe. Bridge that body and mind. You'll feel good. I needed that. I needed that quote. Thank you, Thich Nhat Hanh. Thank you, my friend, for listening to this show. And I'll see you next time. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.